podcast has bad words. <laughs> a brand new month is approaching, and that means it's the perfect time to let go. You can play the 30-day minimalism game and also download our free printable 30-day minimalism game calendar over at theminimalists.com slash game. Enjoy. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Wow. Today, we're here with our returning champion, Ben Greenfield. Man. Ooh, I'm the champion. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> oh, I love to win. <laughs> now, Ben, well, how, how, how do you feel about this? Because you are the, the final guest of this decade. This decade. Yeah, that basically yeah. means like you put off interviewing me for an entire decade and, and at the very last minute slipped me in. <laughs> no, wait, this is your, you're the returning champ. You, yeah, you've been uh, here before. We're going to talk. Today is perfect. We, we thought we'd have Ben on because he's back in town and we're going to talk about resolutions because I don't know anyone who uh, puts himself, he's the human guinea pig. He puts himself through more experiments, makes more sort of resolutions than anyone else you may not use that terminology i prefer immersive journalist to human guinea pig i just think it's too close to a lab rat the guinea pig thing uh, all right we don't well, have fair a long enough. pink tail well today we're going to talk about new year's resolutions we're going to talk about when it's appropriate to give up on a resolution we're going to talk about what actions you need to take uh, when you're feeling stuck and so let's dive into our questions today. Oh, by the way, Ben, his podcast, you can check it out. It's called the Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast. I encourage you to listen to it. Um, I listen to it, and you should as well. Our first question today is from Andy in Georgia. Hi, this is Andy from Marietta, Georgia, and I have been working on minimalist life for a couple of months now, and I've explored all aspects from stuff to time to finances, and I'm really struggling with this idea of sleep. Specifically, going to bed earlier. Um, I started getting up earlier, but I have two little ones, so the morning and the evening are my best times. And I've never been a morning person, but my brain is definitely less foggy in the a.m. So any advice you have for going to bed earlier would be greatly appreciated. Ben, when do you go to bed? Usually between about 9.30 and 10 p.m., with the idea being that suppose you do want to fall into that seven to nine hour time frame at which we know most adults lie in terms of their sleep needs, you need to be in bed for a certain period of time, right? So if you mm-hmm. if I'm in bed for eight hours, I get about seven and a half hours of sleep, right? right? And if I'm in bed, you know, eight and a half hours, I can get a full full eight hours. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm pretty protective of my sleep. I, I go to bed at a pretty decent time. Um, and you know, when I'm camping, when I'm hunting, like I'm in bed by eight, eight thirty, right? Like it's far, far easier in the, in the absence of artificial light and blue light to go to bed and tap into the true primal, natural ancestral circadian rhythms to which we're all tuned. And so in a case like that, that, I'm Andy waking up, do, right? Well, what, what she needs to do is in, in sleep medicine, there is a, 
a term uh, basically known as a circadian rhythm shift, right? She needs to shift her circadian rhythmicity to cause her to begin getting tired earlier, begin sending a message to her body that her sleep time is maybe an hour earlier or two hours earlier than what it normally is. And the key to shifting the circadian rhythm, and this is great for anybody who's traveling east coast, west coast, west coast, east coast, who is jet lagged, who needs to phase shift based on where they happen to be on the globe. The key to this begins with light in the morning. Mm. That is when your sleep cycle cycle begins is hmm. the amount of light you are exposed to and at what time you are exposed to that light. Now, what kind of light? I mean, sunlight is obviously optimal, but what if you live somewhere like Ryan and I lived in Montana? Well, you live in Spokane. Um, and so in the winter in Spokane, sometimes what, 930, 10 o'clock before it gets light out. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, let's say that you're waking at 5 a.m. and you want to shift everything forward and begin waking later and going to sleep slightly later. When you wake at 5 a.m., you would limit your exposure to blue light, artificial light, screens, backlit LEDs, monitors, television, even going outside in the sunshine. You would wear those blue light blockers that they give people to wear at night yeah. in the morning instead. Hmm. And when you want your body to begin waking up, let's say that's 6.30 a.m., that's when you begin blasting it with light. That's when you go out in the sunlight. That's when you take your phone out of dark mode. That's when you begin looking at computer monitors. That's when you may even consider utilizing any of these new technologies that blast your retina or your ears with blue light or white light, like such a as or a juve like light. the human charger in the ears. Not so much the juve light. That's more kind of like a sunset. Maybe you get a little bit of the, the spectrum from sunlight, but that's more like a red light, near infrared. That's really not going to phase shift the circadian rhythm. There is a pair of glasses called the re-timers that you can wear that blast your retina with this greenish-blue light. But ultimately, you wait and wait and wait until the time you want to begin waking up, and you phase shift your circadian rhythm forward. Now, the same thing could be done if you want to as, what was her name? Andy. As Andy wants to do, shift it backwards, right? In this case, let's say she wants to begin going to bed at 9.30 p.m. She's currently beginning her day at 6.30 a.m. and wants to start her day at 5 or 5.30 a.m. She would begin to wake at an earlier time, and as soon as she wakes, get out into the sunlight or blast the eyes with one of these light-producing devices like the retimer or a seasonal affective disorder blue light box or put mm -hmm. in those human charger in-ear blue light buds. Look at her phone and make sure the phone is not in dark mode. Ensure she She's not wearing any blue light blocking glasses, etc. And that will shift her entire circadian rhythm backwards. So she's more alert and awake earlier in the day. And then as the day progresses, she's basically getting that sleep pressure at an earlier time in the day because she started the light at an earlier time in the day. So it's it's very profound how quickly the body's circadian rhythm responds to light, with the only other cues being movement. Uh, any type of, of food intake, right? So that would mean like she's shifting her breakfast slightly earlier. She's shifting her exercise session slightly earlier. And if you look at light, movement, and food, those are the top three. They call them something like zeitgeist or zeitgeibers in, in sleep medicine, meaning that those are things that affect your circadian rhythm by shifting it forwards or backwards. Now, this, cool. is, this is something that I thought was appropriate for the, the resolutions episode because so many people struggle with sleep and they make it a sort of goal, but they... We, we often don't make it a priority. 
And, and I, I think that's the main thing here. There are a lot of you know, sort of sleep hacks that you're talking about here, and these things are all useful and, and beneficial. But I think quite often what happens is, well, we get home and then yeah, all of a sudden we make dinner and put the kids to bed and now I want to veg out and we're going to turn the TV on. And before you know it, it's 1030, 1130, midnight. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think quite often this has to do with prioritizing sleep over some of these more ephemeral pacifiers. Yeah, absolutely. I, I live my life largely by the philosophy of crushing the day and using the night as my reboot button. Because what I've found is that not a lot of productivity happens in the evening. I get fewer work-related emails or text messages or push notifications. Uh, there is, you know, there, there are fewer productive networking events or meetups. Usually the nighttime activities are involved around like drinking and joking or being entertained. Mm -hmm. So I make the decision to do most of my networking, most of my media consumption, my emails, uh, voxers, text messages, anything like that during the day. And once about 9 p.m. or so rolls around, I find that not a lot of productivity occurs after 9. And if you're living life by the mindset of being a creator rather than a consumer, then you are best served by crushing the day and then basically halting your, your nighttime activities at about the point where productivity ceases and, and for me that's around 9 p.m. or so yeah now that's, one one thing I didn't hear you mention uh with your recommendation to Andy is any supplements are there any supplements that like I know melatonin is something that uh you know use as necessary but don't use often because then you start to rely on it mm -hmm. um there are a couple supplements I was recommended uh it's like one of those the four sigmatic like mushroom blends that I'll drink in the morning mm -hmm. that actually um I have noticed a little bit I'm getting to sleep a little bit easier at night um there's another supplement I can't remember, but is there any supplements that you would recommend that are okay to help you fall asleep besides the obvious like melatonin? Yeah, um, only two. And I should mention that, you know, light is almost a supplement in and of itself. The oh, way sure. that, that yeah. photons of light interact with the body. And so, of course, my recommendations would carry on into the evening, meaning that you would want to, in the same way that you're just blasting yourself with artificial light or blue light or sunlight in the morning, get complete absence of that whenever the sun goes down in the area of the world you happen to be in. So mm -hmm. that's when you, you know, install iris tech on your computer monitor which limits all blue light from coming off the screen wear your blue light blockers um, put your phone in dark mode you know etc uh, as far as supplements go really the only two that that i think have good research behind them for initiating a sleep cycle in a very effective manner uh, other than melatonin mm -hmm. which you which you already referred to and which we we make less of as we age and it is important to supplement with especially oh, okay. as you age you know, know I'll, I'll often take up to 60 milligrams of melatonin when I'm traveling internationally mm. just to jump start my circadian rhythm into the time zone where I happen to be in so with melatonin I've heard different recommendations as far as when to take it mm -hmm. is there like do you take it with dinner because I've heard take it with dinner and then I've heard take it, you know, a half hour before you go to bed. Is there a specific timing when you would take to 60 minutes prior to bed? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, some, some companies sell a time release melatonin. You might be able to take that a little farther from bed, but I use a, I use a, a really powerful liposomal form of melatonin. I get it from uh, Quicksilver Scientific. It's a few sprays under the tongue. It's it's the most potent form of melatonin I've been able to find. Cool. But in addition to that, the only other two would be GABA. 
okay. gamma aminobutyric acid. It's an inhibitory neurotransmitter. Your body makes it when you have a glass of wine, which is why a lot of people kind of like to have a glass of wine at the end of the day mm. to wind down, but you can also purchase it in supplemental form. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain natural extracts like valerian or passion flower, you know, in tea or in tincture format mm-hmm. that cause your body to release its own GABA. There are other supplements uh, that, for example, there's one called sleep remedy. Um, there, are, there are multiple standalone GABA supplements you can buy on Amazon or at any, you know, any pharmacy. Yeah. And so GABA would be one. And then the other one would be CBD. Mm. But with the understanding that most of the sleep data on CBD is showing results with dosages of 100 to 300 milligrams and a standard dosage in a CBD bottle, like a tincture bottle, one dropper full is around 10 milligrams. Mm. So most brands are not using much CBD. I was looking uh, just because I'm here in California and there's, you know, there's, there's weed shops all over the place and CBD coming out people's pores. Uh, I, I did, I was, I was looking. I was walking through Venice Beach and walked into one store, and they had a CBD brand there. I think it was Green Helix, and it was CBD capsules, and I noted it was 50 migs per capsule. That's the highest I've seen, and I was actually pleased to see that they were marketing that as a sleep product because that's – I mean, taking two to six of those capsules would be closer to the actual amount that's been shown in research to assist with sleep. Mm. So in addition to melatonin – CBD and GABA. CBD and GABA. And you would take those 20 to 60 minutes before sleep as well. Exactly. I've heard that with uh, marijuana that when you're sleeping, you do get some like really great REM sleep, but it affects the deep sleep. But I might be thinking of like the THC form of it instead of the CBD. Do you know any? THC will decrease Mm -hmm. the amount of deep sleep that you get. Right, so if you're taking an edible, like an indica or a sativa, mm-hmm. you know, normally it'd be an indica for, for like a nighttime cookie or edible or mm-hmm. vape pen or anything like that, you will sleep, and it won't be bad sleep, you just won't get as much deep restorative sleep. However, you know, during a lot of that REM sleep, you know, you are still engaged in memory consolidation and learning and dreaming and, you know, assimilating information and activities and encounters that you had during the day. So one could say there, there's some benefit to more REM sleep. Hmm. However, there's a lot of nervous system repair that occurs during those deep sleep cycles that I think a lot of when I, when I look at people's sleep cycles from, from a, from a whoop wristband or an aura ring or an Apple watch or anything else, it's usually the deep sleep that tends to be the lowest. And so I question whether people should be using a sleep supplement that further decreases deep sleep percentages versus just using CBD in isolation, which actually increases deep sleep percentages. Ah, That's good to know. CBD increases the deep sleep. Okay. I've seen some uh, contradicting studies, so maybe you can clar- clarify this. With CBD, I- I've seen uh, that it helps with deep sleep as long as you take it earlier in the day, but if you take it later in the day, it may actually decrease deep sleep. Do you, have, you, have you seen any literature on that? I've not seen any literature on that. The only, the only diurnal variation in CBD response that I've seen is that in lower doses during the daytime, it can increase alertness mm-hmm. or like a 10 to 20 milligram dose. Mm-hmm. But when taken at 100 to 300 milligrams in the evening can increase deep sleep percentages. Mm-hmm. Okay. I haven't seen what you've just alluded to, but there, there might be research that exists that I'm unaware of. Well, let's, uh, let's send Andy a copy of Dr. Matthew Walker's book, uh, Why We Sleep. Now, speaking of books, Ben, you have a 
finally, you've been spending several years on this new book. It's called Boundless. And I would encourage folks, they can pre-order it right now. In fact, Sean, can we put a link to his new book in the show notes? Can we talk a little bit about, about this new book that has been a, a labor of love and, and hate yes, at the same time? love, love and hate. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, every author in the health space says one of the unhealthiest things that you can do is to write a book because you're, you know, you have your ass planted in a chair, or your eyes getting burnt out by a computer monitor for hours on end of course. Yeah. writing. Uh, and I like to write, you know, this is not something that I, that I went through a ghost author for, or, you know, one of those record your book type of services. No, you're a uh, good author. You write some fiction as well. I write fiction as well. Yeah. I was actually writing fiction in the Uber on the way over here. So, <laughs> Love it. uh, anyways though, uh, it uh, has been about three years in the making. And the concept behind it is that unlike previous books I've written, with the, the, which are largely focused on, uh, on fitness, on training, etc., this book is, is a beast. It was 1,200 pages, the manuscript, when I turned it into the publisher uh, with minimalist. over 3,000 scientific references. <laughs> Definitely not minimalist. Uh, we managed to get it down to about 608 pages, which is the final book. Uh, big, beautiful, hardcover, coffee table-esque book, uh, diagrams, illustrations, full color. I wanted it to be like a piece of art, mm. right? So it's it'll be in Kindle and an audiobook as well, but the hardcover is, is the piece of art, almost like the four-hour body on steroids. Uh, the idea is that it's split into three sections, mind, body, and spirit. So the mind or the brain section covers everything from mold and mycotoxins and Lyme and diets to support cognition to nootropics to smart drug to biohacking technologies for the brain, etc. Uh, the body section is all fitness, fat loss, uh, immune system, jet lag, you know, battling colds and flus, getting uh, recovered faster, just everything that has arisen since I wrote my initial book, Beyond Training, as far as everything from, from biohacking to supplements to diets to exercise strategies for the body. And then, and this is probably the most unique part of the book, I wove in a lot of, you know, there's over 200 pages of anti-aging and longevity advice in there from, you know, peptides and SARMs and hormones to a bunch of things that the Blue Zones are doing. Spirituality is covered when it comes to gratitude, sexual performance, relationships, battling loneliness, um, purpose. Uh, meditation, fasting, gratitude, you know, all of these different spiritual disciplines that I think are often left out of a health book. And so I call it boundless uh, because the entire premise of the book is that by going through it, you discover how to have boundless energy, your beck and call day in and day out. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a giant book, but I like to write big books. I don't like flash in the pan you know, like little 200 page airport bookshelf books that, that you can get through in two days. Like I want a book that, that lasts me for like a good year, just going through everything in it and looking forward to return man. to again and again. So we'll, Sounds de awesome. we'll definitely check it out. And uh, I tell you what, Sean, if we could send Andy a copy of boundless as well, uh, that'd be great. Our next question is from Kelly in Chicago. The question I was going to ask is, if you guys could please address minimalism in volunteering and time commitment in your life, uh, because I tend to commit myself to a lot of different things, mostly with my kids' schools, PTO, all that stuff. How do you com commit to helping um, groups that are worthwhile to help, yet still keep enough time for yourself so that you're sane? I think one thing that's fascinating, we're thinking about the new year, and we don't have to obviously wait for the new year to, to make any sort of resolution, but uh, 
one thing we often do is we overcommit. And that actually prevents us from committing to things that are most meaningful to us. So can we talk, you're someone who's able to, to sort of juggle a bunch of chainsaws at once. Can we talk a little bit about, uh, about not overcommitting then? I think there are, there are two things to bear in mind here. The first is that you must put on your own ox oxygen mask first, mm. meaning that if you don't have some kind of self-care or self-love process, whether that's exercise or taking time to meditate or engage in breath work or gratitude practice or anything else before you run off to go help other people, you are that much less equipped to be able to make a lasting impact on the world. Yep. So everything I do for anti-aging, for longevity, it's not so I can brag about being the person who lives the longest. It's so that during my time here on the earth, I'm able to be as best equipped from a physical standpoint to be able to make as big an impact as I can on the planet with my life's purpose, which leads to point number two. You need to have a filter. You need to have a purpose, right? Like my purpose in life is to empower people to live a more adventurous, joyful, and fulfilling life. That is my purpose. And when I'm looking at volunteer opportunities, when I'm looking at speaking opportunities, when I'm looking at article writing opportunities or podcasts or anything else, I can put things through that filter. I can say, okay, you know, by by me going and, and volunteering at the, at the Spokane Union Gospel Mission uh, and let's say... Uh, helping to to hand out clothing to to homeless men is that empowering people to live a more adventurous joyful and fulfilling life versus say playing my guitar at a nursing home you know and and playing some cool hymns and old country songs for the people at the nursing home well for me personally the latter falls a little bit more into like the joy and adventure component and that kind of lights me up a little bit more and that's where we get caught so i'll up. choose something like that we get caught mm. up because we say well this is a good option this is a good option and and that's a good problem to have but but then picking the one that better aligns with who you are, who you want to be, how you want to serve the world, I think sets you up to be happier, more fulfilled, and, and uh, well, to be a better version of yourself. Everyone has yeah. a unique skill set. And don't feel bad if what turns you on as far as helping people is, is different than what turns someone else on. And if you are turning down ways that you can help people to be of a better service in a different way that fits your skill set, I think that's just fine. Yeah. What I'm hearing you guys say is like you're helping Kelly figure out what she needs to say no to so she can actually say yes to the things that matter most to her. But I'll tell you, like for me, when I want to add something into my routine or in into my calendar, I do exactly that. Like I go to my calendar and I'm literally budgeting my time. And Kelly, if you're not budgeting your time correctly, you're not even going to know where you are uh, available to give yourself. But look at that schedule and yeah, look at your look at look at what you have on your plate and ask yourself like what do I need to say no to in order so I can say yes to the important things in life. Kelly, I'm going to send you a copy of our book, Essential. Speaking of priorities, so, so Essential is an essay collection with 150 different essays, uh, 12 different areas of intentional living. One of those areas is figuring out what your priorities are. So if you like our podcast, you'll really like the audiobook version of Essential. It's, I think it's six hours long, maybe a little bit over six hours. So Sean, if you could send her that, or if you want the book book or the ebook, we're happy to send those to you as well, Kelly. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer questions from social media. Indeed we do. We're at The Minimalists on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then Ben is at Ben Greenfield on, uh, definitely on Twitter. I think Instagram as well. 
And, I think so. And all, all the platforms. Ben Greenfield or Ben Greenfield Fitness. All right. Well, we'll, we'll put a link to his website in the show notes as well. And then you can find him on all the social media platforms. What do we got, Ryan? We've got a question from Nick. I've started and stopped minimalism so many times. How do I ensure it sticks rather than having to set it as a resolution 20 more times. So you, you can replace mm. this word minimalism, I think, with just about anything. Mm-hmm. Where I, I've started blank, a new diet, a new exercise routine. Uh, I've tried to go, go to bed earlier, whatever it might be. But then I stop doing it. I stop feeling motivated. Or as Nick says, it never sticks. Now, Ben, what we try to do is we try to give a pithy answer, but we can ramble on a little bit. Sean puts all of our quotes in the show notes, and uh, we put them over at minimalmaxims.com as well. So here's my, my pithy answer. Actually, I have, I have three of them for you because I'm an, the ultimate minimalist. Um, <laughs> first one is sometimes you have to walk away to come back. And what I mean by that is maybe you tried something, but it wasn't the appropriate time for you to try it in your life. Maybe you had other things going on. Other things were a priority then. Now, now priority, it's a weird thing. We've made this word priority a plural. It wasn't a plural until the 20th century. Priority literally means the first thing. And so what is the first thing for you that changes over time? My, my second pithy answer is because here, it's a brand new year. I, I tweet this at the, the first day. Of, of every year one day or day one you decide and, and I think quite often with minimalism or diet or something else it's I'll get to that one day right which brings me to my third my third answer here is someday is not a day of the week and someone will often say, I'll do it someday or I'll do it tomorrow. I'll put it off. And, and we, we, uh, we continue to procrastinate. Now, um, Ben, do you have any advice for Nick for getting something to stick? Yeah, I think, I think the two of the big things that I do are uh, I equip my environment uh, to enable me the next day to do what it is that I had planned to do. So let's take exercise, for example. When I plan to go to the gym, my clothes are laid out. When I wake up, I know uh, exactly what shoes I'm going to wear. Those are there. The entire workout is jotted down on a notepad or on the notes function on my iPhone. Mm. So there's very little barrier to entry. There's very little paralysis by analysis or decision-making fatigue for me to actually I've removed the friction. That's a great way to explain it. Uh, and then the other thing I've done in terms of removing the friction is you eliminate as many barriers to you engaging in that activity as possible. Meaning that if your goal is to begin uh, eating healthy, you literally throw out or give to someone you don't like, you know, all the peanut butter, all the ice cream, all the pop tart, just do not have it in the home, period. You know, I I happen to be staying in a a very stripped down apartment while I'm here in Venice Beach uh, because my friend is moving, but I've crashed at his home where he basically has a bed, a couch and a Wi-Fi router and a little bulldog named Jack. Uh, (laughs) When you open the refrigerator, there's nothing in the pantry. There's a little bit of salt and black pepper. I have had zero cheat nights since I got here because I have zero options. When I get home, <laughs> there, there, there is no chocolate bar in the freezer. There is no jar of peanut butter in the pantry. There is nothing. And when you simply kind of paint yourself into that corner, it makes things far easier. You know, when you combine that with mm-hmm. a plan, 
like I was talking about earlier, like here's exactly what I'm going to eat for breakfast, snack, lunch, and dinner, you're far more equipped. Because I think that where people fail a lot of times is just not knowing what to do or being surrounded by the activities or the objects that take them away from what it is that they had planned on doing. Man, it's interesting how you're talking about removing the friction for exercise, but you're adding a little bit of friction when it comes to diet. Because if you've got, yeah, the junk food sitting around, it's really easy to just kind of fall into bad habits that way. Uh, My pithy answer is this. Lifestyle changes are more effective than dieting. So uh, with anything, when it comes to, well, he asked about minimalism. You can't look at it like, oh, I'm going to be a minimalist for for 30 days. We do have the 30-day minimalism game. It's a great way to get started. But if that's where it ends, then you're going to fall right back into your old habits. And it's the same thing with dieting. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I was like, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds. So I'm going to be a vegan for a year on a bet. Or I'm going to uh, I'm going to go on a juicing you know juicing cleanse to lose some weight. Well, guess what? When that time frame is over, it's not long before I'm right back in my old habits to my old weight. So uh, yes, Nick, you got to look at it as a lifestyle change, and it's not it's not just yeah picking it up as a habit. You've you've got to commit to it. All right, before we get into our added value segment and our listener tips today, it looks like we got a bunch more surprise questions this week. Why don't most resolutions work? How do I avoid becoming overwhelmed by commitments this year? How can I change a negative mindset that tells me I will never get in shape? What are some simple steps for busy people to become healthier? So many busy people out there, Ryan. Busy, 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 including Ben. Ben is very busy, so we'll talk to him about what busy people do to become healthier. And I think it looks like we got about six million more questions for Ben. Mm. Plus, we're going to talk about our own personal resolutions. We're going to talk about setting monthly resolutions. And we're going to talk about what it would take to create the best year ever. And if you want to hear all that, you can listen to this week's Maximal episode available exclusively on Patreon. That's right. You're currently listening to our weekly minimal episode, but each week Ryan and I record an entirely different, much longer maximal episode over on the minimalists private podcast, which gives us the private space we need to talk about topics we don't usually discuss in public. Plus Patreon is the best way for us to fund this podcast and keep it 100% advertisement free. When you subscribe to the minimalist private podcast on Patreon, you will receive a personal link so that our maximal episodes play in your favorite podcast app. You can find all the details and all the good stuff over at theminimalists.com slash support. I know it's it's just $2, but we really appreciate that support. And we are actually capping the audience over there, right? So it's a new year right now. I don't know where we are on subscriber count, but we're probably about 1,000 away. We're, we're capping the audience at about uh, 6,000 patrons. And that's because we figured out what enough was for us, enough to pay Jordan and Sean and Jess and ourselves and for this beautiful studio space in our secret storage closet over there. That's right. Josh, you know, you're forgetting to mention with the, uh, with the, the Patreon support, uh-huh. we get to hear about Ben's penis injections, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> We're talking to Ben about his penis. <laughs> Ryan, what else you got for us? I got some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Here you go, man. Check them out. Hello, my name is Megan, and today is my 18th birthday, and I'm currently a senior in high school. I hear about the college application process for my peers on a daily basis, and I believe that it has consumed them. Well, for good reason, it is a stressful process, but nevertheless, I can never seem to escape the noise. At this point, I've submitted all of my applications to nine colleges, and sometimes I think about if I'm going to make the right decision before next May for which one to commit to. I really enjoyed listening to the recent episode called Student Debt, 
and found it a much-needed reminder to heavily consider the future cost of going to college. I knew going into this process that the cost of tuition would be a factor that I should consider in terms of where I should go, but the episode really opened my eyes to the burden that student debt puts on people. I would highly encourage any high schooler planning to go to college or any person thinking of getting a degree in the future to listen to the episode. Also, do your homework. There are many websites like scholarship.com and fastweb.com that give you access to national scholarships as well as local scholarships that you can apply for. Hi, Josh and Ryan. This is Jeremy Flick, and I wanted to leave a tip that would be helpful, hopefully, to all creators out there. I'm a songwriter myself, and I find that the app Evernote is a really helpful app for multiple uses, but for songwriting in general, uh, it has a built-in voice recorder. You can categorize notes in a lot of different ways. You can take pictures, and it's all done within the app with cloud storage as well, so you can log on a desktop or your mobile device. So I find myself on long car rides to and from work, thinking of song ideas, recording them, writing lyrics, uh, when I'm in the restroom or at home, whenever I have time to do so. It's extremely helpful for me and my craft, and I hope others find it helpful as well. There's a free option. There's also monthly storage that you can add on for a small fee. But Evernote, it's a great app. I use it religiously, and I hope you find it helpful. All right, y'all. Thanks again to Ben Greenfield for joining us today. Check out his podcast, the Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Do they sell podcasts? Patent pending. (laughs) And check out his new book as well. It comes out in January. It's called Boundless. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. And real quick, for right here, right now, here is one thing that is going on in the life of the minimalists. If you go over to theminimalists.com, that's our website. Say that five times fast. And you click on the resources tab at the top. We have eight new resources for you. A bunch of different things, including a 30-day minimalism game calendar. It's you know pr- someone's making a minimalist joke right now, right? <laughs> what? It's not a very minimal amount of resources. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you charging such a minimal amount of money? It's free. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, but uh, we have some resources. We have some free wallpapers. We have the uh, 30-day minimalism game calendar. We have the minimalist rule book, 16 rules for living with less, a bunch of other things over there. The minimalists.com resources page, a bunch of free downloads for you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, leave us a voicemail, 406-219-7839, or send a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalists. If you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday emails. For our added value this week, Ryan, there's a new EP out. We were, we were jamming to it the other day. Do you remember we were in here practicing for a speech that we're giving? Mm-hmm. And I, I put on a song and we were having a little dance party in the studio here. Oh, dude, I felt young. <laughs> you looked young. <laughs> and they are young. There's a, I, You know, it's funny. I have a, a rather eclectic uh, taste in, in music, but that's somewhat intentional. I try to, to stay up on like new music. And I heard this... Because it's so hip-hop. Well, this is definitely not hip-hop. It's uh, <laughs> it's like pop music, right? And I, it's uh, a group or a, a band, a group, a singing group called Pretty Much. To All say hip-hop would be like... It is hip and it's pop. That's <laughs> pop. But a hip-pop, is it, that would be like... Uh, I'm just repeating myself, right? No, that would be what happens when you fall down the stairs. You have a hip-pop. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do we listen to? Pretty let's much. Uh, yeah, let's listen to a group called Pretty Much. Uh, it's the title track from their new EP, Phases. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Now you're trying to do you, but I heard you fell off. After a couple bad nights and 20 core hearts. Mm. Trying to find a new you, but I heard you got lost. Trying to figure your worth. What the hell does that cost? When I'm kissing you, gripping your thigh, I realize you were destined and meant to be mine. To conflict with you living your life Just know when you call I'm at the end of the line I'll practice my patience All you'll get